you know, we, we've been looking forward to this for a really long time, to be back up here, to be a part of our, our church family. This is, this is our church. This is our home church, our sending church, and we have just been looking forward to this so much. And, um, you know, obviously, we've, I've planned through this message, and then when we get in here and we start seeing everybody and we start hugging everybody and seeing people, it's like, I, it, it's really tempting just to say, we're just going to scrap the service. We're just going to pull up couches. We're going to sit and have coffee and talk, because that's what we want to do. We just want to catch up with all of you. We've just, uh, we've missed being here with you. Um, but it is really, it, it really is a joy for us to, to be back up here. For our kids, it's great. You know, we left here. It's hard to believe this. Jack, we left here. Jackson was one years old. He was only one, and he's nine. And so Sophie, I don't know that has ever been up here, because the last couple times we've been up, they've stayed with grandparents. And so they, they are so excited. Now, Sophie was five months old when we went to Thailand. And so she's never seen snow. And, so, and she has been dying to see snow and to make, you know, but she's been looking forward to this trip so much. And it's funny because we were driving up um, on the way up here and Sophie says, Daddy, what are those New Yorkers like? Are they, are they almost like Americans? And I said, almost, not, not, you know, not quite, but almost. And then she said, well, what do they talk? Do they talk English? I was like, yep, they talk English. You're going to be able to talk with them. You're going to be able to communicate with them. That's just their, you know, they're, when they're visiting a new church, they're thinking, you know, what, what language are they going to speak? So they've got up here, played with some snow. Jackson's already taken a, you know, he's already busted and cut up his lip and mouth on the ice and all that. So he's, uh, he, 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 he's still having fun, though. So this is, um, it's been fun to be back up here, to be with you, to see everybody, and um, it really is a joy. Just thank you. This is, I want to take just a few minutes at the very beginning um, to talk about what you guys have been involved in in Thailand. And, and every, time I every time I'm here, I want to reiterate this. I'm not here to talk about what Jesse and I are doing in Thailand. I want to share with you what you are doing in Thailand, what New Hope is doing in Thailand, because you are every bit a part of the ministry and what's going on there. And so, you know, we, you guys have been a part of our English camps. And I brought, I, this is, um, I know Terry and Todd, and I've seen Sid. Is there anybody else here that were on the very first, um, Robbie, yeah. Uh, anybody else that was on the very first trip to Thailand? The very first one? Can, can you get in my phone? Um, I want to read you something because I got this message the other day. Um, this is what you guys have been doing. I don't know if you remember, there was a young lady that came to that first camp, and her name was Venus. She wasn't Thai. She was actually Chinese. She was from Hong Kong, and she was in Thailand, actually living with her boyfriend, and was there, and I met her in language school. And during breaks, I just began to talk with her, and I could tell she was interested. She wanted to know more about God, and she wanted to know more about Jesus. So I invited her over to our home, and we got to know her. It was a close friend of ours. She ended up coming to camp, that English camp, that first year. Several of you guys on this team got to spend a lot of time talking with her um, on the van. She, you guys told me, she's so close. She's so close. We would talk with her, and she would leave, and Jesse and I would say, man, she is so close. It's got to be at camp. Well, she never made a profession of faith. And she left Thailand, actually. And we lost her. I mean, we just, uh, we were friends with her on Facebook, but she rarely wasn't ever on Facebook. We would send her messages. We never got answers back. So we thought, man, you know, there was this girl. She was so close, and we lost her. 
out of the, like three days ago, out of the blue, um, I get this message, and it's from Venus. And she says, hi, Jeff and Jesse, how are you? I'm, I'm back in Hong Kong. I'm working for a, a district counselor um, in just kind of just some introductions there. We just went to New Zealand and blah, blah. And she says, I hope you guys are well. I don't know if I've told you. I'm going to, just, I'm going to read it word for word. Um, and so this is this Chinese girl writing to me in English. She says, are you, are you guys still in Thailand? I hope you're well. I don't know if I've told you that I am a Christian since three years ago. Also, because Venus is a name of others' God, therefore, I have not been using that name for a long time. I use my Chinese name instead, which is Yu. And she says, it's a bit hard for foreigners to pronounce, so you just call me Yuma. And so that's what we'll call her from now on. So I don't know why, but there are so many times when I'm worshiping at my church and I have a picture in my mind of your English camp in Thailand. She said, last December 14th, when I was worshiping God in church, I just had a message in my mind. God saved me from Thailand, and he brought me out of that place. In my head again, it was the picture of your English camp. I want to say thank you for all of your effort and sacrifice, and I'm grateful that we've met. Thanks for everything. I miss you guys and the little ones. Isn't that amazing? And, I mean, I got that, and it was just like, Jesse, you'll never guess who I'm chatting with right now on Facebook. It's, you know, and it was just so cool to see that. I mean, and it was, it was such a, an awesome opportunity for us to get to know her and to share with her and for you guys to meet her. But it's almost, it was almost disappointing when we see somebody so close and then we just don't, we never get to see that fruit. But here it is, you know, three years later, we thought that she was gone and here she is accepting Christ. You guys are a part of that. I, there's no doubt you guys had played a role and having this young lady come to know Christ. And who knows, from all of these other camps that we've been doing for the last five years, the, the trips that you guys have been a part of, um, it just came into my mind, just one other story. You guys remember Goong? Um, Goong was a young man who actually did accept Christ, not at camp, but he called us up. That He was the one who we were almost, the, the last night that the team was there, we had already left the camp, and we're sitting at a mall eating dinner, and he calls me up and says, I've got to come see you guys. He comes down and sits down, I think, at our table, Robbie, and says, um, I told you guys I wasn't going to become a Christian at camp, but I just sit in my room after camp. I just had to. And I wanted to come down here and tell you. Um, honestly, he's been off and on, you know, but uh, I got a message the other day from the pastor at our church saying, hey, all it was was a picture. It said, Goong's back. And he was sitting in a Bible study. So just praise God for that. You just, these are things you never know. Sometimes you're planting the seed. Sometimes we get to reap the harvest. And we just praise God for new hope and the role that you guys have played and just the encouragement. Uh, we are here to say thank you for your ministry and everything that you guys have been a part of, what we've been doing. I, man, it's going to be, it's so, it's, I just want to tell you story after story. And, and it's going to be hard to kind of get to the message, but we need to do that. So I want to, um, as Robbie said, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. And... We're going to talk about fear and faith and just kind of have the, the role that those two, um, they're not emotions, fear may be an emotion, but they, these, these two things play in our life. And so we're here, what, the way we're going to do this is we're going to take a look at the story of Abraham and just in some events that happened in his life. We're right in the middle of football season, coming up on the Super Bowl, and ladies, if you know, if, you've got a, if you're married to a football fan, if you're good friends with a football fan, you know 
that one of the favorite things for our guys to do is to play. When, and never, you know, we, we're, we're all the greatest quarterbacks that exist. We're all the greatest and the smartest head coaches, okay? Just ask us on Monday morning after the games have been played, and we'll tell you how we could have won that game if we were the coach and the things that we would have done differently, right? You know, we'll tell you how that coach messed up and how we would have done things differently. It's called a Monday morning quarterback, okay? And uh, for many of us, that's who we are. We're going to play that today. We're going to take, we're going to look at some events in the life of Abraham. And then we're going to play Monday morning quarterback. And we're going to evaluate that and say, hey, how, would, how could we approach this situation differently? What did Abraham do right? What did he do wrong? What can we learn from that? Because all of these, you know, and, and Paul writes in 1 Corinthians that these stories and these events that happen in the Old Testament, they're for us. They're, they're here for us as an example. We're to learn from, from them. So Genesis chapter 12, uh, let's go ahead and start reading the verses. We'll read verses 10 through 20, and it says, Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife, and then they'll kill me, and they'll, and they'll let you live. So say that you're my sister, that it may go well with you because of me, because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he, dwelt, he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you've done to me? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife, take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram comes to a point in his life where there's a crisis. There's a famine. There's no food. He's got to take care of his family. He's hungry. He's got to eat. He's got to make a decision on how he's going to handle this. And he decides he needs to leave Canaan. We take a look at that and we say, that makes sense. He's thinking, he, he's thinking he's just trying to provide. But what I want to do is I want to back up. And I want to go back to the beginning of Genesis chapter 12. Because I want to take a look at some promises that God had made to Abram. And what God had already spoken to Abram to do. So we're going we're gonna to read this in reverse. But I want to go back in chapter 1, uh, uh, Genesis 12 verse 1. It says, And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I'll make of you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Skip down, down to um, verse 6. It says, And Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oaks of Morah, and at, th at that time the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So God has appeared to Abram and made him some promises. Theologians 
look at this promise, this covenant made to Abram, and many of them say that this is one of the most important texts in the Bible. The understanding this covenant that God has made with Abram is, in, in many ways is the key to understanding much of the Old Testament. It, it actually gives us an understanding of maybe even some things that are going to happen in the future. This is an extremely important covenant that God has made with Abram. And we can kind of condense this down to three terms, three things that God has promised Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make your children as great as the stars in the sky. He begins to amplify these promises later on, but and we kind of condense that down to say, I'm going to give you a seed. You know, from you, there have become many nations. So he's promised him a land, a seed. And then number third, the third thing is I'm promised, I'm going to make a covenant that you are going to be a blessing to the nations. Through you, I will bless the nations. Three parts of this promise. And, and Abram has already shown great faith. God, he's already left his home. He left his family. And he trusted God with those promises, and he comes into Canaan. But he comes to a crisis. And he's faced with a decision. How am I going to provide food? How am I going to get food? There's a famine. And for Abram, it was a famine of food. But let's kind of bring this up bring this up to date for us, because we go through famines in our life. There are times when there's something that we need, and it's just not there. There's a bill in the mail. We're suffering. Maybe we're lacking in our, you know, we, we, we've, we've lost a family member. There's, there's something lacking in our relationships. Maybe something's going on at work. There's something that we need, and it's just not there. It's just, it seems like it's not happening, and we can say, there's a famine. And how are we going to handle that? How are we going to handle that crisis in our life? And basically, there's two ways that we can approach this. We can approach this through, and we can react out of fear, or we can respond and we can trust God through faith. Abram's already shown that he's, that he's got faith. He's trusted God. And by any, by any definition, Abraham was a great man. He was a great man. He was successful in his business. He was very wealthy. He was successful in his family, as we'll see. He's the father of nations, kings. Multiple kings come from the line of Abraham. He was successful in his faith. Hebrews list Abram. Abraham is one of the giants of the faith. By any definition, Abraham was a great man. And yet we're going to read stories and see Abraham's faith was not always strong. Abraham's faith was up and down. There are times when he displayed great faith in God, and then there are times when he just flat out failed, and he made the wrong decision. And so let's take a look and let's kind of work through the decision that Abraham made right now. And we're going to say God had promised Abraham to bless him. He said, and I'm going to bless you in this land. He, he, he got Abraham moving, walking on a journey, and Abraham entered the land of Canaan, and God said, stop, right here. This is the land that I'm going to give to you and to your children. This is where I'm going to bless you. This is where I'm going to provide for you. And so here comes the famine. So Abraham has trusted God with his future. But when it came down to the practical part of it, 
he left. And he went after, and he went down to Egypt. So the first thing that we're going to see is that when we respond in fear, we can jeopardize the blessings of God. God had promised to bless Abram in that land, in Canaan, but Abraham left. And rather than, dis, rather than waiting to see maybe what God could do, rather than responding in faith, Abram, he left. He left the promised land. He le- there were certain boundaries. There was a certain place where God said he was going to bless, and Abram left that. Many times when we face crises in our life, we're tempted to handle things in our own wisdom, in our own way. But when we do that and when we leave the boundaries of, of, of God's blood, when we leave the boundaries of where God has promised to bless, it's when we get in trouble and we jeopardize those blessings. It doesn't mean that that covenant that God had made with Abraham was canceled. It just meant that God says, if, I, if, if, if you're going to experience the blessings of that covenant, you need to live your life. You need to be in the place where I want you. We need to remember that because God has promised to bless us. Now, we need, we, sometimes we make a mistake and we think that blessing is all the time material, and it's not always that. But if we want God to bless our life, we need to make sure that we are in the place and we're living our life within the boundaries of, the, of how God is going to bless, of where God is going to bless. In our relationships with other people, with our boyfriends, with our girlfriends, with our husbands and our wives, there are boundaries that God's placed on those relationships, and we need to live within those boundaries in our work. I know what it's like. You know, before I came, was a, was a missionary to Thailand, I worked in sales. And if I didn't sell that month, I didn't get paid. So I understand, and there are a lot of situations where I knew other people were doing some unethical things in order to get sales. And when it's coming down to the 28th and the 29th of the month, and you don't have say, and you don't, you know, you don't have that goal met. I understand the temptations of man. I could really meet my goal if I did this, but there's boundaries, and we knew, and I knew those boundaries. And if we want to experience the blessings of God in our life, we have to operate within those boundaries that God has set for us. And when we re- when we remove ourselves from that, we put those we put those blessings in jeopardy. So He left the promised land. So already, God has promised him land, seed, and, a ble- and, to, and to be a blessing. He's left the land, so that blessing is in jeopardy. Second thing he does is, what's he do? He's scared of his life, so he gives his wife away. All right? Now, now guys, I've, um, I, I've asked my wife for some pretty big favors. I've asked her to do some pretty... You know, some, and, and, I, and I remember just the conversations that I have, you know, the way that I rehearse in my mind, the way that I'm going to ask her for this, you know. We really need this size TV, you know, rather than this. And, you know, I, I go through, you know, how am I going to talk about these things. I've never, I've never asked her to do this, okay. And I can't imagine, you know, what Abraham was thinking. I can't imagine how that conversation went down. I can't imagine Sarah's response to this. When Abraham comes to her and says, hey, i got a favor to ask of you. Okay? So he leaves the land. He gives his wife away. Where is that blessing? Where is that seed? Where are these nations going to come from? He gives away his wife. So he's putting these, 
he's putting these blessings that God has promised. He's, he's putting these things in jeopardy. He's, he leaves the promised land. He gives away his wife. He's responding from fear, jeopardizes the blessings of God. Well, the next thing we're going to see is that when we respond from fear rather than faith, it may prevent us from, from, from witnessing a miracle of God. We, miss, we may miss the opportunity to see God do an amazing work. Can I tell you something? No food in the land, that's no problem for God. That's not, that's not a problem. And here was a test for Abraham. I told you that I'm going to bless you here. Will you stay here when it seems like there's no hope? And Abraham bolts. Okay, he, he, he missed the opportunity to possibly see God do a great thing. He's, he, he does this. Um, I think you have these in your notes. 2 Kings 4, famine. There's no food in the land. Elisha provides oil for the widow when there was nothing. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1, there was a famine. God miraculously disperses the Syrian army and provides food for Jerusalem. New Testament, John chapter 6. Jesus is holding a meeting out in, the, out, in the, out in the fields. No food. He tells his disciples, feed them. The disciples says, we, don't, we can't feed all these people. Jesus feeds them. God is in the business of providing when it doesn't seem like there's anything there. Our task is to trust God to come through, to show that faith in him and to believe those promises that he will provide but when we decide to take matters into our own hands when we decide to respond to these crucial points in our life from fear rather than faith we may prevent we we may lose those opportunities to see the blessings of god a lot of times we just don't want to wait we want to act and do things, you know, on our own and take care of the problem by ourselves. Finally, when we respond from fear rather than faith, it tarnishes our testimony as believers. What was the third part of that covenant? He's already jeopardized the land. He's left the land. He's given away his wife where the seed would come from. What's the third thing? It says you're going to be a blessing to the nations. What does Pharaoh say? Down in verse uh, 18. It says, Why have you done this to me? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? Now then here's your wife. Take her and go. Rather than becoming a blessing to the nations, when Abraham responded from fear rather than faith, he became a curse. He became a curse rather than a blessing. And it tarnished our reputation. It can tarnish our reputation as believers. So here's where we're going to play some, some Monday morning quarterback. Let's go back and we can see the way that Abraham responded. How should we respond when we're faced with these situations in our life? First thing that we can do is rather than leaving the place where God has promised to bless, let's wait. Let's wait for, God's, wait for God's clear leading before we act. You know, and it's, 
you know, when, you, when you read through this passage, we can say, well, it wasn't really wrong for Abraham to leave. It doesn't really, it never says that. You know, it never says anything in there about um, it being, you know, that, that it was wrong. But what we can take a look at is that time after time after time after time in the story of Abraham, God makes it a very clear. And time after time we see, and the Lord said to Abram, and God spoke to Abram. When God wanted Abraham to do something, he made it very clear. It was very clear what he wanted to do, but there's no, there's no mention of that in this verse. There was nothing from God directing Abraham to go. It seems like it's the decision that he made on his own. So the Monday morning quarterback says, rather than respond in fear and leave the place of God's blessing, we're going to wait for God's clear leading before we act. Number two, we're going to believe the, the faith response says that we're going to believe God will intervene even when it seems that there's no hope. We'll stay in the place where God has brought us until he says go. And if it seems like there's nothing happening, if it seems like there's no hope, we're going to wait and trust that God is going to intervene and God's going to do something. When there's no money, we're going to trust God in that. When it seems like there's no other place to go, we're going to trust God that he's going to show us. And finally, the faith response, rather than fear, we're going to place God's glory above our personal security. Abraham was protecting himself. He was acting selfishly when he gave away his wife. And he, he tarnished his testimony to his wife, to, to Pharaoh, to the nations. But we're going to put God's glory above our personal security. You know, there's another part of this that I didn't put in the notes. And... Um, when I read the Bible, I really just try to think through things. And I didn't put it in the notes because it's not like super clear that this is exactly what happened. But just think through this with me. I'll give you my opinion on what I think what's happening here. Um, if you want to add in a fourth point, we can say that when we act out of fear rather than faith, many times we pick up unwanted baggage in our life. Um, Look at me, look with me in verse 16. When, when Abram gets down to, to Egypt and Pharaoh, get, and Pharaoh takes, takes a Sarah, and it says, For her sake, Pharaoh, he dealt well with Abram, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Years later down the road, when Abram and Sarah are at another point in their life and they're having to make a decision, we want to have kids, and God hasn't provided any, what does Sarah do? She gives her maidservant, Hagar. What was, what was the description of Hagar in the Bible? An Egyptian slave. Like I said, the Bible doesn't say this is not clear. This is not written here, okay? But this is just, I want to think through this. I wonder where Hagar came from. I wonder where he picked up Hagar. Could it have been that Hagar was one of these female servants while he was down in Egypt that Pharaoh had given to, had Pharaoh had given to Abram? And that's where Hagar came from. And they, later, years later down the road, there's this relationship between Abram and Hagar, and they have Ishmael. And from that point until today, these two nations have been fighting. A 
okay? There's been that conflict, and pick up. I don't, whether or not this is the case or not, I, we, we do know that when we act outside of God's boundaries, and when we make decisions on our own, when we respond from situations out of fear rather than faith, we pick up baggage in our life that we don't want. So we have a decision. We all face these points in our life. We're going to decide, how are we going to respond to this situation? Sometimes it's moving. Sometimes actually the faith response is to go. Abraham showed that. Abraham left his land and came to Canaan because that's where God wanted him. But there's never any indication that once he got there that God wanted to leave from there. So sometimes faith is moving. Sometimes faith is staying it's not a matter of going or staying. The matter is waiting on that clear leading of God before we act. So let's do those three things. We're gonna, let's make a commitment that when we live our life, that we're not going to let fear control us. We're going to respond and wait for fear. And we're going to wait for God's leading before we act. We're going to believe that God's going to intervene in our life, even when it seems like there's no hope. And we're going to place God's glory above our personal security. Let's pray. Lord, just thank you for the time that we've, we've had in your word today, to tonight. Just thank you for Abraham, Lord. He's, he's, he's real. We can relate to him because he shows the faith that we want to have at times. He's, he was willing to leave behind his family and go to a new place and follow your leading. But he fails at times, and there are times when he makes the wrong decision, Lord. We, Lord, we thank you that your word is, feel, is filled with real people that we can relate to, that we see this man that is held up as a giant, as a faithful man, and yet we can relate to him so strongly because we're, we've been there where he's at, and we've, we've, we've rushed. We've not waited for you. We've done things on our own. Thank you that, that these stories are here for us as an example to us, Lord. Thank you for Abraham's faith, and we see how his faith grows throughout the, the book of Genesis, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would take this example and use it, and that we would benefit from that, and we would use, allow that, that word of God to, to work in our hearts, to build faith in us, Lord. I pray that we would learn to conquer that fear, see the consequences, and understand that responding in faith a better way to make a decision that no matter what the situation is, no matter how bad it seems, we're going to stay within those boundaries that you have set for us, Lord. I pray that we would put your glory above our own personal interests, Lord, and that we would be that blessing to this unbelieving world, Lord. And thank you for the time that we've had. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the impact they're having in this community and in Thailand. Just pray all these things in your name. Amen.